Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we could take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So over the last uh, several series, we typically do about a series a month, and over the last uh, several series, we've talked through some different things. Uh, soul goals was really just about what's the what were the goals of Jesus um, for our souls when he got up on the cross and died. And, and so we walked through various goals, and then we moved to frequency. And frequency was about tuning in to the Spirit of God. And um, so, so what are the goals uh, of God? And then tuning in to the Spirit who is at work um, in and through us in, in our daily lives. So each one of us tuning in. And then last month we walked through uh, the superhero in you. We just talked about um, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us individually how is that acted out? How is, how, how is that carried out? And so that kind of leads us to, to today, um, and, and we'll continue this pattern of, of growth on each series, but um, today we're, we're starting a series for the next couple of weeks called We the Church. Um, we the Church. As we had uh, the 4th of July celebration, um, uh, myself and some, some friends around me at the, um, the harbor, we were just talking about how, man, we're really rubbing it into the British uh, faces, aren't we? You know, we're like we're still celebrating 200 and some years later. Like, like this, this victory dance is uh, the, 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 the dance of all dances. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so but it all started with just we the people. It all started with just kind of like, what could we do together um, instead of, instead of uh, just dealing with the situation as it is? What would it look like if we all worked together for a common goal? And so kind of that's how all this thing called America got, got rolling. Was, was just uh, being united together as opposed to divided colonies. And there's a whole mess um, uh, that, that goes along with our history. It's beautiful to know, um, but it just tells you that, that uh, um, there's always flawed people at the table. But, uh, but anyhow, so, so in that process, it's we the people. And so I thought in this, this uh, 4th of July, we ought to consider that from a Christian perspective, from our, our perspective, and uh, from our neighbor's perspective. Um, what is it, we the church? We're... We're not saved um, in isolation. Uh, many people, we, we view our relationship with God as an individual thing. And uh, it's personal, uh, but it's not private. Um, when you think about your faith, your faith is personal, um, but it's not private. And people confuse personal and private all the time when it comes to their faith. What they mean is, is that basically, uh, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do me, and you kind of do you. And uh, you talk to God, and I'll talk to God, and I won't intrude on you talking to God, and you're not going to intrude on my view of God, and we'll all just get along. And that kind of view ends up ultimately in kind of a universalist mindset, where essentially no, there is no standard, there is no subjective truth, there is no, no, no real bearing to grow each other, there's really no discipleship, there's really no correction. There's really no pushing forward and striving together. There's really no bearing burdens per se, because what may be a burden to you, I might not consider, so I'll just forget it. All that to say is that it is personal, our faith, but it's not private. So there is a component to our faith that, that we all work out together. There's over 130 uh, one another passages in the Bible um, where we are instructed, we are commanded to do something for one another over 130 times. Well, if you're not in community, if you don't have a Christian body around you, um, 
it'll be very difficult to um, do a lot of the Lord's commands when it comes to your own discipleship and growth. But what people do is they, they say, hey, I'm going to just do me with God and you do you with God. And the problem is, is they become spiritual orphans. And I don't want you to be a spiritual orphan. And I don't want you to miss out on God's best for you. And I don't want you to, to uh, live out a faith that is uh, personal so much so that it becomes private and then private becomes isolated. Isolated becomes uh, lonely um, and discouraged uh, or depressed or you walk away completely from your faith. So all that to say, we, the church, what are some things that we should keep in mind that keep us and unite us together as the church of the living God? So that's what we're going to tackle over the next four weeks. This, um, this passage is in 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to encourage you to go there. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to emphasize today, um, we'll zoom in on, on four, verse, uh, 4 to 6. But I figured um, I'll go ahead and read uh, from beginning in verse 1. First uh, Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, and then when we get to verse 4, it'll pop up on the screen. It says this, So put away all malice. Everybody say all malice. Have you done that yet? Have you put away all malice? Put away all malice and all deceit. How are we doing there? And hypocrisy. We're good, right? Like everybody, everybody comfortable? Um, and envy. You don't envy anybody, right? You, you, you're, you're happy for everybody. Uh, how about this one? And all slander. Uh, the gossip chains and the prayer circles. I always make fun of those. Y'all should really pray for Susie. Her life's falling apart. She's a wicked witch. It's like, what? Did we really just do that? Uh, but so, so slander can happen. And so here's, here's instruction to the body, to uh, the, the, the local church. Put away all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Verse 2, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it the pure spiritual milk you may grow up everyone say grow up grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good if you've tasted that the Lord is good grow up and get rid of these things that are no longer necessary to your life. Envy and slander and hypocrisy. Grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up. It's so important. I, um, I, I'm a, a big proponent as a pastor on, uh, on discipleship and growth. Uh, really because I just don't see a lot of it. And so it's um, discouraging to view what the American church can become if there is no growing of the faith, of growing of the personal. And what happens is, is that, that people come here and, and kind of like the, um, being, these, these boys being trapped just comes to mind, but being without oxygen, people run to the weekend and um, the sermon coming from the pulpit is the only life sustenance that people get in their week. Because they haven't, even though they've been in the faith a while, they haven't put practices into their daily life where they can grow up. And many people, when you talk to a lot of people in, in the faith, the idea, the concept 
that personal spiritual renewal and growth is, is an active part of being a Christian, that's a foreign concept for a lot of people. For a lot of people, no, it's about just being saved and then loving your neighbor. And that's great at a basic level. Yeah, it's absolutely that. But we have to grow up. We have to grow into the, the men or women that God designed us to be. So then we jump into verse 4. As you come to Him, Jesus, as you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. Can you say built up? Built up. A lot like grow up. As a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. Growing up, we the church. As we look at this passage at the very top in verse 4, it says this, As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. We, the church, as the church, we represent the person of Jesus Christ. We represent the person of Jesus Christ. Represent is to represent. And so just as a, a king would send a representative or, or we might in our, our country send the Secretary of State off to a foreign land, we are that for Jesus. We represent Jesus Christ. We the church, we represent Jesus to the rest of the people around the world who don't know Jesus. That is a mighty weight to bear. I want you to understand, if all you view your Christian salvation is for you because it's personal and it's private and leave me alone, then you're forgetting, you're missing the mark on what it is that being the church represents. Being here is not a legalistic obligation. We represent to the rest of the world who this Jesus is. And so we come together to get built up and encouraged and to study the Word and to go through hard times and to, to pray with each other, to pray over each other and, and um, raise children together. And, and, and we do that as a way to, so that we can constantly be reminded about the goodness and the grace of Jesus. And then we go out into the lost and dying world and we say, let me introduce you to this Jesus. But for not meeting together, if we're not building one another up in love, if we're not going through difficult days together, then we ourselves, we become anemic in our faith and there's not much left for us to tell to other people who don't know Jesus. But the Scripture tells us that, that as you come to Him, a living stone rejected. Everybody say rejected. You have to know who you represent. You, reje you represent the rejected Christ. That's who you represent. He was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, look at this, chosen and precious. Can you say chosen and precious? Chosen and precious. It's so important that you, that you put the counterbalance here. That Jesus was rejected by men. Who are you or who am I representing Jesus to a lost and dying world? Who are we if we don't believe that the message of Jesus will be rejected? 
Who are we to believe that, that this, the way this should work is, man, don't you know, you know just how much I got life together? The world should just really just love, fall in love with the idea of, of my God. Now, we represent Jesus, and if Jesus was rejected, then we are going to be rejected. That message of hope and love and reconciliation, it, it won't always land for a lot of people. Rejection. As I think about rejection, I think about years of ministry, 20 years of ministry, I'm getting old. And as I do, I think about rejection. And I realize that, that in many, 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 many of my um, counseling sessions or, or coaching or talking to people or praying with people, that word rejection is at the core of so much instability. Rejection. If you, you'll, you'll push me away, you'll deny me love, you, you rejection. Jesus Himself, God, incarnate, perfect. One perfect person ever lived, and they killed Him. Rejection. And so you and I, as we go through this life, and for the times that our faith is the cause of rejection, we could absorb that. And we could walk in and we can think about our Christian life and, and again, hold it to ourselves. Not really build it together, but really kind of say, hey, it's personal and, and it's private. And we hold these rejections close to our heart. And if you're not careful, guess what? You will act out of rejection. You will act out of the lack of love, you will act out of not being enough. And you'll do weird things. People that, that, that embrace rejection and begin to act out of rejection, they'll go one or two ways. They, they go into changing everything about who they are. I remember in middle school, I, I went from, uh, from, you know, I don't know, Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses uh, style music, and then I got arrested, so I had to get my hair cut. And, and so the easiest kind of transition was to get into hip-hop. And then so for the, the rest of my high school, it was like Biggie and Pac and everything. But, but when we're young, we, we kind of figure out the world by observing and saying, who's going to love me? Who's going who's to receive me well? Who's going to not reject me? And so whether it's as silly as musical preference and friend choices and which cafeteria table, you've been practicing this your whole life and you're really, really good at working out through Rejection. And so for some of us, here's what rejection did. For some of us, rejection made you harder on the inside. And you become more angry at the world. And so your first reaction to most things is to put up a guard. And for others, you went the exact opposite. You're, you live your life looking for ways to build bridges and peace all the time. Just, hey, can we all, can we all just, can we get along? Can we get along? Can we get along? Some of the, the stereotypical ones might be middle, middle children. Um, I, I was a terrible older brother. I would have my, my sister uh, go get me the remote all the time or before remotes, go turn the channel for me. And, but my sister is a person of peace and so she's constantly trying to do that and make things better. But maybe you find yourself living out of that rejection. Here's what I want to tell you today, the other side of that. That he was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, it was Jesus. Chosen and precious. Can you repeat that again? Chosen and precious. Here's what I know about you and about me is that we can operate out of our rejection 
or we can operate out of being chosen and precious. I love when I, when I meet um, folks that come from adoptive homes. And when you talk to adoptive parents, one of the most beautiful stories is, is that adoptive parents love the fact that they chose their child. That, 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 that you are not a rejection. The banner over you is not rejection. The banner over you is chosen. I chose you. I receive you. We receive you into our family. And, and when you look at that, that's a person that could live under the banner of rejection. How did I get in this place? Or they live under the banner of I'm chosen. I'm valued. I'm loved. I'm precious. I want to tell you today as, as uh, the pastor of the church of the living God, you are chosen. The only way that you get access to God the Father in heaven is because He has chosen you. He has reached out from eternity and He has reached into your heart and He has drawn you close. The Scripture tells us that it's the Spirit of God who does the work. And it's the only way that you and I can have access to heaven. It is not by us. It is not by our works. It is by grace, the Scripture says, so that no one can boast. And so as a result, the, the effort for salvation exists 100% on God's side. And so we represent Jesus not from rejection, but we represent Jesus from a place of being chosen and precious. And there is so much in your life that would change if we, the church, if you, the Christian, could work your, your life out from a place of being chosen and being precious in the sight of God. Think about how many things you would stop doing. Think about how many habits you would hang up. Think about how, how, how your, your, your temper would, would, would mellow. Think about how you would you would reconnect with community and others. Maybe you're isolated right now. How would you connect with others if you fully believed that you are precious in the sight of God and you don't have to worry about rejection? But as the church, we represent the person of Jesus Christ. Then it continues. It says, you yourselves, the living stones, are being built up as a what? Spiritual house. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. As the church, we represent the place where God does His work. As the church, we represent the place where God does His work. Not only do we represent the person of Jesus, and we can either live out of rejection, or we can live out of the fact that we're chosen and precious, but also when we come together as the church, we represent the place where God does His work. Each of us, every single person who has trusted Christ in this room, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus and you have received uh, His free gift of salvation, then the Scripture says that we're sealed with the Spirit of God. That you have, have the Spirit of God has taken up residency in you. The Holy Spirit lives inside. And the Holy Spirit, when He comes inside to, to, to our homes, uh, naturally looks around our homes and just says, hey, we got to clean some cobwebs. I'm God's Spirit here for goodness sake. And there's a lot of mess. 
and you had a lot of mess coming from lots of other places and lots of other influences. And so the Holy Spirit, called, it's called sanctification, comes into your life and starts poking and prodding around and says, hey, Tolly, um, really, do you think that, that the Spirit of God should be dwelling and living with that as well? And before long, conviction settles in on different areas and you begin to do some house cleaning. And that's, that's what um, spiritual growth looks like. But and then what happens is each person growing spiritually, when united together, we form the church. Each one is a living stone. Just like you would stack stones to build a home, the Lord is stacking His, his children together to build a spiritual home so that a lost person, somebody who doesn't know the Lord, would, could come in and see something different here among us. But that only works if you and I will do our part to remember that we are chosen and precious, that we should be built up, we should grow, and so each one doing its work, as it says in Ephesians, leads us, the church, to being a beautiful place that is a spiritual home for the sojourner, the lost one that is looking for a home. As the church, we represent the place where God does His work. Each of us are home to the Spirit. The one and others that I mentioned earlier among us, it is vital that we are being built up. Look at what it says. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. Now, I'm not in your life every day. We don't talk every day, but ask yourself. Ask the Lord. Lord, you say that you will be building up the living stones that make up your spiritual house. You say, I'm one of those living stones. Is there anything about me right now? Is there anything about my schedule right now? Is there anything about my attitude right now that is preventing me from being built up? Am I personally stifling the growth of we the church? And here's what I know. I know that all of us, every single one of us, could redouble our efforts. Every single one of us could go back to the Lord and say, Lord, some things have to change. I've, I've gotten tired. I've gotten angry. I've gotten hurt. I've gotten, and you fill in the blank, greedy, selfish maybe. I've gotten blank. And so therefore, I'm not being built up right now. What I've noticed is that when people go too long without um, personal spiritual discipline and growth, then what happens is when they realize it, when they feel the conviction, the weight of God, then they actually start to blame other people about their own lack of growth. And I, I've heard more times than I can count, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just not growing. I'm like, okay, but you're not one year old. You're not two Pastor Tolly doesn't bring the spoony spoon anymore. Like, you're going to have to train, choo, choo, choo. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to open up the Word. You're going to have to show up and get into a Bible study. You're going to have to do the hard work of being a grown-up and changing your underwear once in a while. Like, you cannot just say, Here's my contribution to my spiritual growth and the growth of the gospel all around the world. I showed up to the theater on Sunday. 
It's like, what? Really? Like the gospel, the kingdom, the salvation of humanity, and your contribution is you showed up? Really? Or we could say, you know what? No, the, the salvation of my neighbor and, and, and forever future for a lot of souls is on the line. And, and the Scripture says that I'm one of the living stones that the Lord uses to build up His church. And so I need to get it together. Like there are people counting on me. That This is when, when you become a, a, a parent, all of a sudden something kicks in. Or when you start to date. Or maybe, maybe uh, when, when, when you're single and you begin to date and you're like, wow, I need more money than I used to need. This person expects dinner. Right? No more ramen. And so, and so you, got, you say, what do I got to do? I got to pick up a few hours. Or I got I to gotta change my job. I got I to gotta do something here. And then maybe you have a child. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. I remember when, I told this story once in a while, when Christy was at the back of the, 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 the church for when we were getting married. She was 45 minutes late. But when she was, <laughs> did that come out? So, but when, but when that happened and she turned the corner, I kid you not, the weight of the world fell on my shoulders. I was like, dunk. Why? Because it's like, that's a human. And they're depending on me. <laughs> I'm like, does she even realize who I am? You don't want to depend on me. And, and, but so she came down. I fooled her. So we got married. And, and, and then before long, like, hey, you know, you, you get a, a, a kid in the picture. Same thing. Caleb pops out. And it's just like, whoa. Now two humans depend on me. And so you begin to, you have to decide. Some people, when faced with those crossroads, like they screw it all up. And they, they, run away from responsibility, and we as a society properly look at them and just say, you're a jerk. Like, you're a jerk. Other people depend on you, and you're not doing what it takes to take care of yourself and to look out for the people around you. Like, you're a jerk. Unless you have a problem that's legitimately way outside of your control that's causing you to run away from your responsibilities, you're a jerk. But the Scripture, here's the, here's the, here's the thing. We are the living stones that the Lord is using to build up his church so that the lost from far away can see something different so that they will see Jesus in us and then they too would be like Rob up here and a few years ago go from protesting God to seeing his whole family baptized and leading us in worship and if we don't feel like that's worth it to get it together and grow up spiritually we're jerks we got to realize, like, we've got a place in this. This isn't about just like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to church because it's Sunday and I got to go. No, no, no. You're coming together with the body of Christ because there's a mission and there are millions of people who need people who genuinely love Jesus. Uh, would you guys all agree that there's a lot of people that claim the name of Christian that are really messing stuff up for us? Right? So here's the counter to that. The counter is not to sit there and protest the protesters. The counter to that is to go live a Jesus-filled life. But if you're going to fold your arms and you're going to sit down and you're not going to get active in the game and you're not going to grow up and you're not going to work out, you're a jerk. That's not in my notes. I just felt it. No, I'm not trying to call you names. I'm genuinely just saying, hey, we all have a responsibility, guys. Like, like we, we, we need to take seriously, like, what is a part of being the church? What does it mean? It's not, it's not just doing production or watching the kids. It's not to come hear a guy talk every weekend. It's that we are the living stones. 
Like it or not, look around. These are the stones. What was the, the name of Jesus? He's called the what? The stone that the builders rejected. That's Jesus. That's your Savior. He's called the stone that the builders rejected. Some of our problem is we look around or we look in the mirror and we just go, what can God build with this stone? Some of you, 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 you walk past, and here's the deal. In America, a lot of people make judgments about which church to go to, about like how, how beautiful the stones look. And I'm sorry, this isn't K Jewelers. Like, there's a lot of people that are messed up and they met Jesus. And right now, maybe they need to be chipped, chipped away. Maybe they need to be polished. Maybe, whatever. But if you just walk in and say, I need to see a jewelry store of people, like, you've lost it. You've missed Jesus. But if you walk in and go, listen, here's all I want. I just want people that love God, believe God loves them, and together we want to see God change the world through us. And for that, you can have all different kinds of shapes of stones, but the Lord stacks them all together and builds a beautiful house out of it. We are the ones that the Lord is counting on. We are the spiritual house. It ends with this. It says, we're put together as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Can you say priesthood? You didn't realize it. Turn to your neighbor and say, uh, hello, priest. Some of you, that'll give you flashbacks. You're just like, don't call me that, you know. Got it. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Does that sound familiar? Chosen and precious. And whoever believes in Him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. As the church, we represent the priests who introduce people to God. That's who you are. You and I, we're priests. And we're just like uh, Jesus, the stone that the builders rejected, where we're, we're, we, we can be rejected at times, but you have to remember that you're chosen, you're precious, you're loved by God, you're called to grow, so no matter where you are, find ways to grow in your faith because the Lord is counting on you and me to be the spiritual house of worship for the lost. And our ultimate goal, it says, is to be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. What does a priest do? A priest offers forgiveness. Maybe this week, you can remind somebody that forgiveness is available. And through Jesus, Grace is available. And God is no respecter of persons. Maybe this week you could be a priest in that way. Maybe this week you can speak truth in love. Maybe you see someone hurting themselves and maybe truth in love can come out of your mouth and you can be a royal priest this week by giving love in truth. Maybe this week you could go all the way and call people home. Maybe just ask somebody you're not on the fence about and you just say, hey, what do you think about God? What do you think? And let them share and genuinely want to learn and listen and understand where they're coming from. And if you listen long enough and if you're patient and kind enough, you're going to find angles, you're going to find objections to being able to fully receive Jesus. And many of those objections are not the apologetic kind where you have to sword fight spiritually or grab a Bible and throw it at them. Most of it's just love. 
Most of it's just love. And if, if you can hear for how people need to be loved and, and convey that love of Christ back, you can be helpful to them. You see, we're supposed to live, we the church, live as people, live from a place of being chosen. Unite with others around you. Grow. And then go remind other people that God loves them a lot too. That's what it's supposed to be for we the church. Live as one who is chosen and precious in the sight of God. Determined to grow spiritually every day just a little bit. And then open up your mouth. Abran tu boca. Open up your mouth so that you can share the love of Jesus with somebody who needs it this week.